0: Man, what a what a long break in between drinks it has been for uh, for, for for the kitchen coach. Um, welcome back, another episode. Lessons from the La larder coming to you after what feels like the longest break since I started doing these things. Even though there was you know a couple of years in between uh, things, uh, I've been off for oh, I should have been off work for about six weeks now. Um, had to had to have a bit of. Brain surgery done, had a brain tumor, had that um, you know, upper nose cut out, taken out, and it's really given me an opportunity to maybe sit back over the last six, seven weeks and, and sort of recover and uh, not do much else apart from sort of sit and watch what's happening around the world and what's happening in the, in the industry and all these kind of things. So, uh, hoping that now this will actually be the first real steps towards getting back to where I want to be, how I want to be, and who I want to be, uh, and how I'm going to be that person that I really want to be in the future, but that's all, you know, maybe it does tie into what this is about today. So, a couple of days ago, getting into the crux of it, uh, today's going to be about, today's about tribalism, and what the fuck does tribalism have to do with chefs and hospitality? Well, we're going to get there. Okay, Uh, And FYI, my little teleprompters died in the ass as well. So I'm just freestyling this one at the moment, essentially. Um, To put it into an anthropological sense, okay, so we have been moving in tribes for hundreds of thousands of years. It is how we get, we got to the point where we're at now, where we feel we've grown into what we are. You know, we're at a point now where we're essentially safe. We don't have, say, two tigers coming to attack us or, you know, herds of mammoths running down the, um, you know, the ice. All Like, we are safe. We're in the safest point we ever possibly could be essentially in our existence on this planet. But it was a long road to get here. And that long road is still actually somewhat ingrained in all of us. So a few days ago, there was a question put up on one of, the, uh, one of the, the, the chef pages online, and the questioner asked, "What is it that people want? Why is it that you know we can be advertising and we see advertisements go up for chefs because it's quite well known in Australia, WA, uh, any state really in Australia, and essentially almost worldwide, but Australia, if I know that it is really bad. Uh, we have a major shortage of." you know, chefs and and cooks. Um, and a huge part of it as well is that we also have this, we have a massive amount of chefs leaving the industry and we have a massive amount of uh, like what we say is, you know, unskilled labor. A lot of people will argue that there's no shortage of chefs and the qualifications, but there is a massive shortage of the actual skill to do the job. So the question itself was, you know what is it that people are after and a lot of there was a lot of commentary on this and uh, it, I, I went through and I was reading the comments and there's a few things that kind of as they do um you know they they piqued my interest they, they spiked my my response and I started penning down this response via post form. I got three quarters of the way through it and actually stopped and I was like oh, this is just too much to be putting down I, I want to get this message across and then I thought to myself, save it, put it into a video post like this and put it out because it will hopefully help one or two business operators out there, head chefs, executive chefs, general managers, the person who are on the hiring and firing, um, and the people that are in charge of the teams. And it will actually also potentially help those of you that are not maybe at that level yet what does it have to do with the tribe i've long been an advocate and a supporter of the um you know the the workplace that people want to be at you know you design and you set up the place that you're in and you attract people into it you become an employer of choice And over the last 10 years or so of running kitchens, this is exactly what I've tried to do. And it it was a very long uh, journey for me to get to that point. I had to do a lot, I had to fix myself. In a lot of ways, I had to stop drinking as much, I had to stop smoking, uh, I started training at the gym, I changed my mindset, I started reading more, I started developing myself as more of a leader as opposed to just a, a, a chef and cook. Um, and, you know, like standing in front of people all day long and go, oh, you have to do this, you have to do that. I started thinking about the, the, the mindset behind it and how you actually start to bring people on the journey with you. And then once I started to get those little pieces meshing in together, all of a sudden it became easier and easier and easier to put together teams and teams that would actually lock in together cohesively. The tribe mentality. If we go back 100,000 years, if we don't trust the person that's in the tribe to stay awake overnight when they're on watch, then they're probably not going to last in the tribe with us for a very long time are they? Trust is this massive thing that we have. Now let's think about that for a second in terms of the workplace. The workplace is nothing more than a tribe that we're paid to be in. We will not go and work in a place where we do not feel safe or if we do work in a place where we feel Oh, sorry, we don't feel safe, we'll go and work in that place. We're working there possibly because we're, being, we're seeing money thrown at us. Ridiculous amounts of money. Money will make people do things at the time, but it's never going to make people do things for all the time. Eventually the money wears off. There's only so much shit that a person will push uphill and polish before they go, you know I'm not getting paid enough money this turd. I'm not getting paid enough money to put up with this shit anymore and then they'll just follow the money along. The question of what is it that people are after? Responses varied from more money. A lot of the responses came back to respect. I want to feel comfortable. I want a place where I'm not expected to work 60 hours a week. Trust is broken. If you employ someone on a 40 hour a week or 38 hour a week contract and they're working 60 hours a week regardless of uh, what the industry may or may not have been doing for such a long period of time or what I did when I was in my 20s and my 30s uh, that doesn't matter anymore the moment we break that trust that is the contract it says 38 hours my 65, my 70K, my 80K, whatever it is, the moment we start working more than that, we're breaking down that trust. So trust is that massive, huge thing that we want to start seeing within those teams. And it was interesting, I think I counted like 12 or 13 responses in this one post where people talked about things that were directly trust, and then there were probably probably another 30 odd people that commented along the lines that you could tie back into trust. And this is where I got that the thought of the tribalism aspect to it, because everything that we do builds the tribe around us. How does it relate to representation online? And what I'm going to do here as well, I'm going to tie this back in. When I was kind of going through this yesterday and writing it again and rehearsing it, I really wanted to bring it back to, to a quiet... I think poignant serious point um, behind all of this. Everything that we do as a person reflects the tribe that we want to be in. It reflects our values. So a tribe is built around you know a set of values that are, that are shared. We're all going to be here for each other, we're all going to respect each other. I'm not going to talk down to you, I'm not going to accept you talking down to me, I'm not going to accept you, you know, belittling that person. I mean, these are my sort of values, okay. Um, you know, the first thing I say to students when, when I open up a class is, you know, I've only got a couple of rules, and that is that you don't lie to me, okay. You might turn up. Don't write me, don't give an excuse, because I went that the hard way as a liar when I was in my 20s, turning up and giving bullshit excuses and after a long time you realise that people just don't trust you. Um, and and I say to people I don't accept any of the any of the bigotry, any sexism, racism, all these sort of things. Like there's no place for it. There's no place for bullying and harassment in my classroom. You don't get you know extra warnings on there. Um, you know that's what it is that's that's how I want to have that's how I want to set the standard for the people that are around me in that classroom that's my values because I don't just look at the students in a class with me as they're the students I'm the teacher what I'm actually trying to do with them is is essentially build a bit of a tribe because the moment that I build that tribe mentality with them I have a much better opportunity to be able to help them succeed in their studies they're not turning up every day just to, to, to pass something to fill in the paperwork of paper they're actually turning up to support the person next to them any chef that's been in the kitchen for a a long enough period of time um, will realize that that is a huge part of it as well and if you think about you know football teams that build that tribe mentality where you turn up even if you've had a bit of a rough night you're not feeling great why do why do chefs turn up why is there the mentality and hospitality of You know, if you're sick, you're in the hospital, that's when you don't turn up, But unless you're in the hospital, you do turn up. But generally speaking, it's because we don't wanna let each other down. Think about, you know, the the Green Berets and the Marines and the stories that you read about these guys, you know, what is it that makes, you know, a special forces soldier? Um, And a lot of them will come back to the thing of, you know, it's not about the muscles, it's not about the intellect, it's not about how well you can shoot and how fast you can run, it's how well you turn up for the person, you know, left and right of you, the tribe. So, bringing it back in again, how do we make a good tribe? My students, I create the tribe. The kitchens that I've run over the years, I've created the tribe. Businesses that I work and consult with, I I talk to them about this concept and I say that if you want to get away from having to advertise and pay $280 every four weeks on Seek and then bump up that out and then go on to Indeed and maybe you get 50% off, it's still gonna cost you more money and the time and the time and the time because time is so precious these days. Nobody has enough of a fucking thing. I can vouch for that. Um, We just never seem to be able to get everything done. If you can arrange your business, if you can build a tribe around you that relies, that, that interconnects so well that A, they don't leave, but when they do leave, you don't need to advertise because as the person has decided to leave, to move off, to go into another tribe where they may be able to grow and, and become more of themselves, which is awesome, uh, that's what we want as, as leaders. Uh, in industry and in business you know we, we don't want people with us forever and eternity it's fantastic if they are but if there is a point where maybe they feel they can't grow anymore then we need to be able to actually say to that person fantastic we love that you've been here you know go forth you know you can set them free so then thing. let that person grow and move into another tribe so what does it mean if you're an employer of choice well pretty simple probably getting a resume or two dropped off to you on a regular basis. You're probably getting people go to your work with us tab um, and, you know, send you through. Hey, you know, Dan was chatting to me the other day and said, you guys might be looking for people in the future. Here's my resume. I really like what I hear about the place, I'd love to. I used to, you know, the last few venues that I ran, this is kind of what happened. And venues that I work with, managers and chefs that i've worked with when i when you start to layer this into them and they start to understand the value um the value set and how that reacts to building that tribe it becomes really clear how you can do this and the impact that it can make just imagine for a second not having to advertise not having to worry about people not showing up know, coming in for the interview and then pissing off and not coming back in for the trial when you think, oh yeah, this one's the, this, this one's going to be the one that works out really well. They're going to come back there and they don't. How do we do this? Well, obviously you need to work on the systems you have in place and I'm not, not going to try and sell people on systemization of the kitchen and all this sort of shit. The, the, the fundamentals of this are inclusion, respect, honesty, trust. um You know, purpose, making sure that everybody is on board for the the same mission, the same vision. Uh, Inclusion means giving people an opportunity to be heard. It could be as simple as when you release the menu. You know, a lot of chefs will release a menu and they turn around and go, here's the food, this is how we do it. And not let anybody have any kind of feedback. Whereas in in a really inclusive environment and giving people the opportunity to be heard means that every single person that you feel is, Part of the tasting process and the eyes-on process, you need to stand back and go. And actually listen to In Staff meetings, you're the last one to speak, okay? Or you may open the meeting and say, okay, guys, we're going to cover these points here today, but, you know, who wants to raise any issues first? Allowing people the opportunity to actually feel like they're being heard. Listening to people is a massive one for myself in hospitality it takes a lot as the person in charge to actually shut the fuck up and listen to what is being said and not just "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm," but actually hear it all these things are great and fantastic um most of us know and at the end of the day you can go and you know get a couple of self-help books on on how to build a tribe and listen to a few podcasts and you start to build a better idea of this but what i want to do is i really what really struck me the other day and i wanted to say to people and i'm going to say this now one of the biggest issues that we see within the hospitality sector and people advertising for work is the Clear, a lot of us are to shoot others down. I'm guilty of this in the past myself, where I've gone, Oh, that's not a good enough thing. And it's happened to me quite recently as well, where I've been advertising roles and I've had chefs who are, I don't know you, you don't know me, you don't know who my client is. Um, chefs that have jumped on and gone, Oh, that's a shit wage, and how dare you do that, and that's underpaying staff, etc., etc. Now, that's great if that's your opinion. If you're out there in business land and you don't like what someone else does, that is fantastic. That is your choice. The moment that you put that comment online, this is where we bring it back in. Again, the moment you put that comment online, you're representing yourself, you're representing your tribe, you're representing what you want from other people moving into you. So, one of the first things that I've said across the course of the last six or seven years uh, as a a trainer, and this is as a trainer, as a health and fitness trainer, when I was training clients, and I was training chefs, and I was training business operators, and they would say, how can I go about doing this, that, and the other, I'd say, get yourself involved in the online social groups, okay, we've got Facebook and Instagram, you can have all your various groups that are in there, WA chefs, and chef's life, and, you know, Incarnation of uh, you know the stream chef network. Um, there are a whole host of places out there where you can get involved and you can become a member and you can start to network with people. Okay, LinkedIn is great for networking. You rarely see people bitching and moaning on LinkedIn, and there's a reason for that, and that is because in the professional sphere, everyone on LinkedIn is going to do what I tell people to do. New students to do. And this is a very common thing amongst a lot of trainers across various industries. So I've taught health and fitness, business, workplace health and safety, commercial cookery, hospitality. Uh, We're talking four or 500 students over the last few years, not to mention a couple of hundred um, health and fitness clients that I had, and I'm not the only trainer that does this. So if you can imagine that there is a hundred or so other trainers out there that offer this same bit of advice, build on it and start to think about this. And I hope, for the, I hope for a lot of you, that you really do think about this before you go and, yeah, we'll see what happens. I tell people to get involved and I tell people to start a list. And I tell them to start a list before they make a comment of anything, but they have to start a list. Of and I have also turned this into activities. Um, comments that are negative, comments that do not resonate with them, comments that they do not feel are representative of themselves and who they are as a person, and therefore um, the commenter is not going to be somebody that they would want to be working with, okay. So if it's from a chef's perspective as somebody that's getting into the industry and they might be a pretty reasonable chef, they're a bit shy, you know, reserved, etc., but they start looking at chef network and they go, Oh, Bob from that restaurant didn't like what they said about this. Tom from that restaurant, Millie from that restaurant, and they start to build a list. All of a sudden, there are chefs and people out there are building a list of people who are commenting on things and representing the tribes that they do not want to be part of. So if you are one of the people that is out there that is uh, very quick to respond, just keep in mind that there are a lot of people out there that might be writing your name down and thinking to themselves I don't want to work with this person. Because you're you may have a viewpoint that they don't agree with. And we're all allowed to have different viewpoints and there's lots of different tribes out there and there's lots of different, you know, concepts and ideas and so forth. If you're a gamer, then you're probably gonna work in a kitchen, for example, if there's a kitchen, you might work in a kitchen with other people. that You can connect on gaming, and if you like AFL and, and different sports and so forth, the same kind of thing. If you like music, you'll probably end up working in a place and hanging out with people who like music and you can talk music. Um, But generally speaking, most people don't want to go and work for people who are extremely negative and operate within a very negative space. So build the tribe around you in the workplace and think about the workplace that you are wanting people to come into. Are you representing yourself? Are you representing that workplace? Are the people in your workplace representing the culture of the tribe that you want to attract people into? And it's really important to go back through and have a look at the comments that you've made yourself and then reflect on them and go, okay, well, is this something that I still believe in from many years ago? We've all said stupid shit online, guilty as charged, um, and I go back and I see reflections like, in eight years like I don't do that anymore and I'll delete stuff and feel quite embarrassed about it but I really do think that we all do need to start stepping up a little bit more within the hiring space when we look at the business that we're, we're operating and before we're so quick to react to what everybody else online is doing if we don't agree with it stopping this thing for a second is me voicing my disapproval for that in such a open represent going to represent what I want people to see so that's what I've got for you today. A little uh, a little venture down the world of tribalism um, and framing it through that whole world of lessons from the ladder again. Uh, I am kitchen coach Dan Whitehead. This is another lesson from the larder. And I hope that everybody has an amazing day. Thanks for watching and listening. And I will see you all in the next episode.